0: On Sunday the 23rd of March, the UEA radio players, under the direction of Richard Hand, will be performing a version of Frankenstein at the Bread and Roses pub as part of the second Talos Festival of Science Fiction Theatre. They're in the studio today to talk about performing Frankenstein on the 200th anniversary of the publication of Mary Shelley's novel... Hello, everybody. Hello.
1: Hi. Hello. Hi, yeah.
0: Hello. Now, if I can guess, go from left to right, could you introduce yourself and tell me what role you're playing in oh, this production?
1: Thank you. Yeah, my name's Richard Hand. I'm the director of the production.
2: Uh, I'm Lisa Blackman, and I co-wrote the Frankenstein piece, and I'm the lead foley artist.
1: Oh, hi, I'm Beau John. I'm one of the foley artists.
3: And I'm Amy Maria Marie, and I'm one of the voice actors in this case for Elizabeth.
0: Welcome to you all. So there have been many different interpretations of Frankenstein, particularly this year. We've already seen a few with uh, Sabrina Poole's uh, Blood and Ice. What is different about your production of Frankenstein?
2: The direction we're taking it is we're looking at the way that Mary came up with Frankenstein. So it's a piece that sort of goes in and out from Mary's per. Mary's life and then into her coming up with the piece so it sort of opens up with her having these visions of um, grave digging and some student who's trying to do something and then it transitions out to her and Percy having conversations where she's like I'm having an idea for a ghost story and he's like oh finally
0: (laughs) (laughs) because Percy uh, Percy Shelley, her husband was a big influence on the first draft of Frankenstein wasn't she?
2: Oh absolutely
0: yeah the first draft release was kind of uh, most people thought it was actually written by Shelley himself I, I don't know if that's just because they couldn't believe like uh, an 18-year-old girl had written this or whether it's because they, they just thought the idea was so shocking that it had to be Shelley. Mm. But uh, how much uh, do you give Mary Shelley in terms of just coming with the thing off of her own bat? Uh,
2: we um, I I personally believe that Mary Shelley essentially came up with the, the whole idea and, and Percy Shelley sort of showed up and put some pretentious language and some exposition onto the whole, <laughs> onto that's the whole thing. That's Percy Shelley for you,
0: yeah. Absolutely. So uh,
2: in our piece, it's very much a situation where... Um, Mary is coming up with the ideas and and bringing them forward and then Percy's occasionally making comments about adding exposition and the like. (laughs)
0: That's cool. Uh, And what about yourself, Richard? uh, How do you go about approaching directing something that's been directed so many times before?
1: Well, I suppose the the distinctive thing about our particular show is it's a 1940s-style radio show. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be um, a half-hour live broadcast, and we really will broadcast live from the pub. (laughs) It's a good place to broadcast from. Wonderful, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do most of
0: my best work there myself.
1: (laughs) And so we've packaged it. So Dreaming Frankenstein, um, Lisa and Georgie's play that's in the heart of the broadcast... Is actually surrounded by a very distinctive host in that 1940s horror host style called Belladonna. <laughs> and we've also got a short play which is called Pandora and Prometheus. Okay. And obviously Frankenstein's the modern Prometheus, so it's a little telling of the legend okay. as a warm up before the main feature of the Frankenstein take. But I think um, our approach with live music, live sound effects, um, and an audience, a captive audience watching it as we broadcast live, is. Is all part of the experience, and hopefully one of the more unusual tellings of Frankenstein this uh, this important year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the foley is always an interesting aspect of your work. Uh, can you tell me a little more about the the foley work you'll be doing on the play?
1: Um, so we um, we have the um, digging graves and uh, thunder, and um, also how when the Frankenstein monster came alive and uh, just like uh, messing. Uh, crashing <laughs> around yeah, the crashing land. Around, yeah, being yeah, Being a big mess um, and also um, there's um, wait,
2: uh, which one are you after the coffin yeah lid. the cof- yeah. coffin yeah no, there's that a there's a f- there's a funny story behind the coffin yeah. lid in that we wanted to make a creak box for ah, it right. so I spent um, spent a couple of couple of hours drilling in my bedroom and turning the entire place into a sawdust machine <laughs> to make this very elaborate creak box which then just never worked it didn't creak. <laughs> It just didn't creak ever, ever successfully. It tried
1: soaking it, <laughs> and
0: it, and all everything, sorts yeah. of malarkey. <laughs> You're too and then good finally, I was,
2: um, I was in the kitchen with my friend Mara, just chatting to her with my foot resting on on one of our kitchen chairs. And my foot slipped, and my high heel creaked <laughs> against the piece of wood, and I was like, <gasps> "So yes. the creak box that we worked that yep. worked so hard yep. on is, is not going to be used." And I carried a chair in. <laughs> <laughs> one
1: of the best coffins you'll ever hear—that kitchen
0: chair. I think. What about the grave digging? How, how are you uh, recreating
1: that? Um. There's um, I Did it and so what? What do we use Is the the um the what, what's it? The, the cat litter. The cat litter. <laughs> yes, yeah. That, you get a terrific crunch. <laughs> Clean cat litter. Yeah. I love the way you're finding things
0: just around you, like the creaking of a shoe or cat litter. That's really yeah. cool, man. That's really cool. Uh, going back to Pandora and Prometheus, what is the story behind this?
3: Um. So that is a uh, well ancient Greek, I believe, story. Um. That's been rewritten in a sense. Um as Pandora, of course, is one of the things created by Zeus that's come down to Earth, and her jar has released evils upon man. It's a telling of that story and how the world came to be, how the world has good and evil in it, and how humans interact with that kind of um, deity nature of evil and the deity nature of good. Um, So it's the story told again, but in a modern setting, let's say, um, because if the story is true, then the history of that story is still true, despite it being the year 2018. Sure, um, yeah. So that's quite good. I was going to say as well, talking about the Foley, one of the very fascinating things about being a voice actor with live Foley is the voice actors don't do any of the like sound effects. We may um, We may move our bodies a little bit to get some breathing into our voice, mm-hmm. but it's very strange to stay very, very still and watch someone shaking cat litter or pulling a bit <laughs> of string or um, throwing shoes around the room, and then you have to react to it and go, oh no, I have been stabbed and now I'm falling into a lake. <laughs> when you don't, you don't need to use any of the gestures or body language as a voice actor, but it's absolutely surreal to look across the room and see um, Bo and Lisa running around <laughs> frantically, flapping one thing, shaking another, stomping something, and then trying to turn the page with their face. Um, it's It's... Fantastic to watch, so I think um, that's one of the things in a weird way I think is really missing from um, when you listen to podcasts and radio drama is watching the absurdity (laughs) um, of how people do the sound effects. Oh, that sounds surreal! Yeah,
0: like I can believe that. Have you kind of worked in this medium before with Foley Effects?
3: Um, Only with this group, um, and Richard directed us before in what was the name of that? Classic Chills and Thrills. That's
1: right, Halloween special back at the garage. Mm -hmm. I remember it well, yeah, Yeah. absolutely, yeah.
3: So it's all very fun, still very new for me, Um, but so much fun. So, again, just people who get the opportunity to come see how live Foley is done. It is so interesting and also very, very funny to see people (laughs) with complete panic on their faces. They've lost a prop, but we need to still do the sound effect or whatnot.
0: No, I know. I think it's really cool that kind of because podcasts and radio dramas are having like a bit of a resurgence at the moment. People are kind of looking back to like the 40s and '50s with this kind of technology. I think it's a wonderful mm-hmm. kind of way of like reutilizing it and kind yeah. of repurposing it it's really cool. The
1: other thing I'll just say Amy's oh, talk about the Foley but I mean Amy's a great example of a very strong voice performer who can go from setting it in a scene and having dialogue on her wedding day in the Frankenstein piece, but in the Pandora piece, intimate storytelling. Mm. Mm. She can adjust her voice and you know it feels like you are the ear directly mm. that she's mm. talking to. She his story um, so that art of the voice actor is so important as well mm. where that connects to Foley to create this kind of psy- psychological realm
0: I know absolutely yeah yeah. Uh, so will people uh, will this be recorded this version of the Frankenstein will people be able to listen to it after the uh, yeah, well, it will go out for those live, of you who can't make it to the uh, bread yeah, and will roses
1: go, out, go, go out live on twitch mm-hmm. the UEA account on twitch so it will stream there and then what we've done before is put stuff on soundcloud and youtube so it will be available on those sources as well that's once wonderful we, once it's recorded.
0: So can you tell me anything about the the Talos Festival? This is the first I've heard of it. Yeah, it's
1: apparently the second year it's run. Um, so it's it's the science fiction theatre festival, and they commission and sort of invite applications, and I think they get them from all around the world for this kind of short festival. Which is already halfway through now, I think. Yeah, it's, um, it started
0: on Friday. I think. Right. It starts tonight. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um
1: and so um I think you know it's it's become really popular as as an event. But it's a wonderful kind of ne- neglected genre in theatre, I mm-hmm. think, sci fi. But actually for radio, it's extremely important. And in a way we're crossing both. We are radio, but we're also very theatrical.
0: No, I get it. I I, I think uh, Frankenstein itself didn't achieve as much fame as it did until it became a stage play. I think that really kind of did it. Same with Dracula again, it's interesting, all these kind of gothic classics kind of had to go to the stage first before they really got a hold on the public imagination so uh, can you uh, give us any information if you want to book tickets for the uh, for yeah, the play I
1: mean if you look at the Bread and Roses Theatre website it's there or you look up Talos 2 it will come up in a number of sources that way so um I think tickets are selling well, so uh, you know we're very excited about that. But um, but it'd be good for people just to be aware of what's going on and and uh, see what they're missing if they can't get along.
0: Great. So a few final questions. First of all, uh, anybody nervous? It's a few nights till uh, we open. Is uh, any uh, any concerns? Anything you wanna you wanna bring up now?
2: Oh, always nervous. Always <laughs> nervous. Um, an interesting thing with with writing and doing the foley is that when I was writing it. Um, I was trying to keep Foley in mind, but I was just jamming as much as I physically could into the script, Foley effects-wise. And so the first few times we ran through it, it was just a hectic scramble of of chaos and and terribleness. (laughs) And we finally managed to narrow it down to, instead of just being a bundle of Foley effects, like the core ones that really, really help Mm. establish the piece Mm -hmm. and set the tone. And... We've finally got that nailed down, but due to the word finally, I'm hoping that it, it all goes nicely and smoothly on the light. I mean,
0: have you been to the venue yet? Have you kind of seen where you're going to be performing this, or is it all going to be... Uh... Well,
1: we were lucky enough, the guy who's doing the lighting actually came to one of our rehearsals this week, and mm-hmm. he was able to actually kind of draw out the size of the stage, oh, which cool. is a very intimate stage, but sure, we're fine for that. Sure, often better, yeah, absolutely. And um, so it felt like the next best thing, having somebody there who knows the space and can mm. advises us on how we should be using it. That was great.
3: I was going to say as well, I think um, the voice actors, it's... It's not stressful I think being a voice actor because of course we've got the scripts in front of us sure. I think it's the Foley artists who are most panicked. Um, I don't believe Richard the director, I don't think anyone running the venue, I don't think the voice actors are nearly as worried as Foley artists <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's rightfully so um, Yeah, It's
0: got to be hard to improvise like, the wrong sound effect oh, into no. if you've got to work it in there somewhere yeah. that's got to be tricky
2: Just um, the ultimate panic of um, doing one sound effect and then really quietly putting on a rubber glove because the next sound effect's <laughs> coming up well soon and you need that rubber glove mm-hmm. on
0: her. Mm. i can imagine uh, so uh sorry another question 200 years later why are we still performing frankenstein why do you think
3: i think it just has that allure it's one of those um fantastic stories and as is a line in the play it's it's every version of science combined and i think in a way it's almost every genre combined surely it's just a fantastic story and I'm very excited to be part of this one Um, but just the way it's been written so kudos again to you um, the way that the character of Mary Shelley almost seems possessed to write the story Mm. I think that's a wonderful take on it.
2: Well I think in in history there's there's very few monsters or or, or horror or or sci-fi stories that really seem to be the first of their generation. Like vampires you can trace back and back and back and back in an endless trail, and zombies you trace back and back and back. Mm. But Frankenstein's one of those rare exceptions where this really is just a new idea that's sewn together from parts of other ideas, bits of galvanism, yeah. bits of other other areas, and, and it, it's accumulated in this one completely original mm point in history and point in sci-fi and literature and it's come from a woman yep yes um and and so it it is a story that I feel is never going to fall out of. Yeah, it's out always of
0: modern, isn't it? Yeah. That's mm, a thing, it's yeah.
1: Perhaps the greatest of the modern myths, isn't yeah, it? That endlessly yeah. adapted and retold. Work works each time you tell it. Mm. Cool.
0: So a final question for Richard Hand. How is it going with The Devil at Midnight? Because I'm a massive Brian Clemens fan. Oh, great. And I Oh, that's can't good wait. to hear.
1: Yeah, it's going very well. We've got our cast now, and uh, they're perfect for all of the roles. So I'm um, looking forward to getting my
0: teeth into that in May, June. Yep, 26th to the 30th of June at the Great Hall uh, Theatre, Norwich at the Assembly House, and I think tickets are available for that now. So it just remains to say thank you very much for coming in and uh, a break a leg on Sunday.
3: Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. you very much. Thank you. thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye.